there, and welcome to Punched and Played. I'm one of your hosts, Sean Rose, and I'm joined by Jonathan Baker. Hello. And Clint Broadbent. Howdy. All right, how are you fine gentlemen doing today? I'm doing great. Fantastic. All righty, so this is our very first podcast. So I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking a little bit about what we're trying to do with our new website and our podcast called Punched and Played. We're interested in the world of board games, but we're also really interested in the experience that those board games can create. We really want to keep it upbeat, sometimes funny, sometimes analytical, but looking at the different facets of the world of board games. What I thought we'd do is start off a little bit with some new things going on in the world of board games. We'll talk about some news. Have any of you gentlemen played Lost Cities? I have. It's one of my wife's favorite games. That's great. Jonathan? I've only played it on the computer. Only on the computer. Okay. So this game uh, was one of the very first games that I purchased online. Actually, it was the very first game I purchased online. I was really looking for a good two-player game I could play with my wife. That's kind of been my go-to two-player game, trying to get people into the hobby a little bit. If they're looking for something they can do with two people, it's not too complex. But the problem is it's been out of print for a few years. But today, Cosmos said they are reprinting it. Excellent. I don't know. Have you seen the new box cover? I did. It's different. I, I don't know if I, I like the old one. That is the problem. A lot of people had issues whenever they uh, released the new edition of Pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. Like too much of a B-movie. Yeah. Uh, did you Have you seen the ink? Have they shown the components yet? I haven't seen it yet. I've been trying to find uh, images online, but yeah. only the box cover. I was going to say, I, I'm not a huge fan of the box cover. I already own the original, so I can't complain too much. But uh, it's a stellar game. I love it. I love the components. I like the big cards. You know, my wife really enjoys the game. And she, it's one of those ones that builds that tension. She she says she likes tension, but she gets real tense. And so she's always like, you're just taking that card. Just stick it to me. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like that. It's a good, good thing. I'm glad it's getting reprinted. I've recommended it to a lot of friends. And they're just like, oh, yeah, man, it's it's sold out everywhere. I, think, I still think it's a great game. It still holds up. Yeah. So since you don't own it, you just have it on on your phone? Or? I've played it online on, um, I think it's Meeple Town or something. I've just played against people all around the world several times and learned how to play it just online and had fun with it. So do you think it's something you would actually pick up for yourself? Or are you happy? I, w- I would. I mean, it's pretty light. But I think it would be something that, you know, maybe my wife would play with me or one of my kids would play with me. Yeah. I like a lot of Knizia games. I mean, they get a bad rap for not having a lot of theme or theme pasted on. But, I mean, if the game is fun, that's what matters, too. I like the artwork. For, you know, for a Knizia game, you always look at it and you're like, oh, this looks so boring. No, I like it. I like it because, like, the numbers, like, show you, like, getting deeper into, like, the excavation. The first, like, the number one, you don't see anything. But by ten, you see all the underwater ruins. And I feel like... For a Knizia game, there is at least a smidge of a theme, or there's a smidge of a uh, connection from the mechanics to what you're yeah. actually doing. So. And I did read an interview uh, a while back where he actually talked about some of his processes for designing board games, and he does actually oftentimes think of a theme before he does the me- mechanics. So he gets a bad rap for doing the opposite, but he actually keeps the theme in mind at the beginning. Well, my wife says that uh, I say that I do the dishes all the time, but my wife doesn't always think that that always translates from what I say and what I do. I don't uh-huh. know if that exactly translates for Knizia. I gotcha. Good game designer, theme connection, not always on, on par. Uh, one of his other games that's coming back out, uh, released by Fantasy Flight Games, is Tigris and Euphrates, and I have not 
played this. It was something that was, when I first discovered Board Game Geek, it was one of the games that was kind of at the top of the rating, rankings there. But I have not played that. Have either of you played? I haven't. I, uh, I learned very quickly about, the, I've heard the game was very cutthroat. You'll see, I, I like a good Ameritrash here and there, but uh, I, those overtly aggressive games, I, I played a couple and they kind of fell on their face. So I was like, kind of shied away from it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's the problem. Uh, my wife does not like a lot of confrontation. She likes more competitive games, but she doesn't like that cutthroat nature that much. And that's all. That's what that game is built around. It's sure. Like, how can I cut you off? You know, the most opportune time. Yeah, it looks like a nice reprint. Have Jonathan? Have you seen much on this? I've heard about it. Heard of the excitement about that reprint, but I haven't. I haven't never played the original. So. All right. Well, I'm not sure it's going to be one I pick up just because of. So I don't think it's going to really fit well with within my collection and the people I get to play with, but. It does. It's nice to have some of those older games coming back, and I'm really excited to have Lost Cities coming back as well. well one thing that is that Fantasy Flight, it's going to look pretty, and uh, the original didn't look very pretty. If you look sure. At components. So yeah. I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I, I'm not probably not going to get it, but I'm always in. I'm definitely going to look at the images of the components and stuff mm-hmm. and check it out. Cause yeah. I'm pretty excited to see what Fantasy Flight does to it. So. Another thing that's been on my radar is the Kickstarter for Tiny Epic Galaxies. I know that, Clint, you have gotten in on Tiny Epic Kingdoms. Kingdoms. Yes. yes. Uh, I like a good space theme in my game sometimes. They're trying to hit $400,000. They're on track to do that. They have about 30-ish hours at the, uh, the time of this recording. Mm-hmm. So they're doing really well for themselves. Yeah, you read my mind. I actually checked that today and I hovered <laughs> over the button and I'm just like, I haven't played the original. Oh no. I've heard it's actually different, like night and day different. You have not played the original? You bought Tiny Epic Kingdoms and you haven't played it? I've opened it. That goes against what we're all about here at Punched and Played. We want to punch them out and play them. Okay. I punched it. <laughs> It's my therapy on occasion, so I, I, I think I have punched it, but I have not got to the table. Has this game been on your radar at all, Jonathan? I looked at it. I was interested in it. I think I read a review about the the prototype version of it, and it sounded good, but not necessarily something I'd want. I definitely want to try to play it, but I don't know if I wanted to invest in it. Okay. Are well, you, you going to get it, Sean? Oh, I've already backed it. Oh. Yes. Yeah. That's a win for everyone. Yes. Yeah. We all get to try it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there was a game on Kickstarter by Mayday Games called Viceroy. Yeah. So you you backed uh, Viceroy? I, I totally backed Viceroy. I try to keep off, I try to back away from Kickstarters as much as I can, but I, I've heard it's a really great game. A lot of people say it's a little bit, it's a little bit heavier. Um, Splendor, and uh, Splendor is a huge hit at my family's house. They love it. They love it to death, and... I always I want I want if I could have to have a little bit more teeth I want a little bit more teeth and I've heard it gives that so I backed it that's the perfect weight for beginner people so yeah. I'm really excited I was on the fence but I was like I gotta be a good boy not buy it so I didn't we're working together that's right gotta, so and Jonathan you have never actually backed anything on Kickstarter yeah that was what? my initial thought on this I've never actually backed anything on Kickstarter but this is the one thing that really I I wanted to so badly I really oh. did. Because I watched the, the playthrough of it uh, on Rado, and it just looked really, like Clint said, it looked like a, a more in-depth, more interesting version of Splendor, and I just love the way you could build your way up and all the different combinations you could make in it. 
Excellent. Well, at least we're going to get a copy for our group so we can play around with that. So. We're finally syncing up. There we yeah. go. <laughs> so Got to spread good. it out. So I, I want to kind of get an idea of what type of games uh, you guys have been playing recently, maybe the, the best or worst game you've played in the recent days. Jonathan? Well, unfortunately, I've missed out on a lot of the game playing lately with um, illness and a lot of other things <coughs> going on at home. Yeah. But solo, I played some Lord of the Rings, the living card game by Fantasy Flight, one of my favorites. Working my way through Casa Doom, I finished the first and second missions. I built a dwarf, two dwarf decks. I like to play two-handed, and the dwarf decks are pretty awesome together. I've got to say, they're very powerful once they get rolling, and so it's been it's been pretty entertaining. I've, I've enjoyed that. It at least tided me over until I get back to game night again. Yeah, great. Well, we're, we're ready to have you back, Clint. How about you? For me, it's been uh, it's been a lot of. A lot of crazy things going on around, but we have been able to sneak some games together. And I don't know if I'm spoiling. I was able to play XCOM with you. Oh yeah. Uh, are we going to talk about that later? We can, but I feel like we're going to leave Jonathan out since. Uh, I mean, I like to hear we, about it. We did make you a medic, and we let you die. So <laughs> first death. <laughs> of course, of course. Yeah, we can touch a little bit on that. Just over like, well, if we get into depth, I just want to say I really, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great. I thought it was great. I, uh, it's one of my favorite video games. So I was really glad to see it may, be made as a board game, and I, I think it really pulled it off. And so I'm excited. I'm excited to play. It. I really want to play again, and that's always a good sign. Absolutely. So, uh, Jonathan, we were really hoping you'd be able to join us, but I understand when you're getting sick, you just can't do much about that. Yep. All right. So one game that I've been playing a ridiculous amount of, I didn't really anticipate this, is Pandemic. During the lunch hour at work, I've been able to get some games going on a pretty much daily basis. We've been playing a lot of Sushi Go. That's been our kind of go-to. But I've been slowly trying to get more more in-depth games to the table. So Pandemic has actually been a very big success. Played it uh, twice a day during lunch. Played it a couple days in the past. We have lost every single time. Except for today, we took it down to easy with a two-player game, and we were able to pull it out. Yes! But the other night, I did get to play it for the very first time. I've had the On the Brink expansion, but I've, I've played with some of the different variants with the purple mutation cubes, things like that, but I have not been able to try out the bioterrorist version. I finally got to do that. Didn't get to finish the game, but I got to play it a little bit. Have either of you have you played... Jonathan, you've played Pandemic one time. Finally got to play it... Um probably about a month ago and was very excited because it felt like it had been something I hadn't played and I should have played by now, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Had to twist his arm, it felt like. <laughs> <laughs> but Clint, have you played, you've played Pandemic? I've played Pandemic to death. Okay. But have you played any of the expansions? I have not. I ran into the, the old thing of like, I was the game guy where I used to live. So I teach it to a million people. I spread the, the, the gospel of Pandemic and it was great. But uh, I have the expansion. I use the petri dishes, but I haven't been able to play with the other stuff. I've been—that's one thing I've really wanted to do. But mm-hmm. um, I love Pandemic. I still think it's still a great game. Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I've—I've I've had that expansion for a good while. I have the first edition whenever they first put those things out. So, unfortunately, all my artwork isn't compatible with the new expansions unless I buy an upgrade pack, which I'm not going to do. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I got to try out the bioterrorist expansion for a little bit. It was interesting. I I, I was having flashbacks to my uh, trial game of Spectre Ops, trying to move around. It's kind of the hidden movement sort of thing. But yeah, I got caught pretty quickly. I was trying to be sneaky and 
uh, people analyzing it too much and figured out where I was, got captured. But I was able to get back out, execute my master plan, and cause purple cubes to pop all over the board. So they were the the researchers were pretty much convinced they were going to win. But I think if we got to finish it, I would have come out on top. But we'll see. <laughs> Has there been anything else you guys have played recently that you want to talk about? I've got a youth group I work with. We got a, we were able to play uh, Cash and Guns, the second edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, got that to the table, and that has just been a massive hit. I own both the first edition and the second edition, and uh, it's just been the second edition almost improves in every single way. I agree. It It's that old thing of, you know, sometimes people want, like, expansions or second editions want to add more, but I think instead of adding more, the second edition kind of streamlined things. And it just makes the game more fun to play. Absolutely. And so I really, uh, it went over, it was a huge hit. The It's, it's a bunch of scouts, it's a bunch of youth. And so they uh, all were pointing guns at each other and screaming at each other. So uh, it was a great time. I guarantee you the first edition is going up on the trading block here soon. Yeah. I, it's just, just really good, really fun. One thing that I really want to make sure we dive into, we're going to try to have a central topic for each of our podcasts. So the first idea that popped in my head when we decided to do a podcast was for us to talk about our very first big online game purchase. So I already mentioned that my first online purchase was the game Lost Cities. It took me a a couple of attempts to really figure out that, hey, if I get enough money into this order, I can get free shipping. And that's how they get you. That's how they get you. (laughs) So my my first two purchases was pretty much uh, Lost Cities and I got Tuluva. My wife absolutely loves tile-laying games. Carcassonne is one of her favorites. Okay, it is her absolute favorite. And pretty much that building the, building the map out and kind of the puzzly aspects, I thought, oh, Tuluva would be cool. You have to put the pieces out, build it up taller. Didn't like it as much, but it's okay. Um, but that was the kind of the precursor to my very first bigger order. So I wanted to dive a little bit into this and talk a little bit about why you decided to buy those games when you did and kind of what your impressions are of those games now. Jonathan, do you want to start? Sure. I uh, When I made my first big online order, I had picked up a few little games here and there, Settlers, um, Ticket to Ride probably, Dominion. Decided to make a big order once again, try to hit that you know $100 mark, try to get that free shipping. And my first big order was the Summon Wars Master, um, Master Set. And I'd already bought the two starters and tried them out and enjoyed them. And then I bought some reinforcement packs for for the two starter sets, the Phoenix Elves and the uh, Guild Dwarves. Picked up some Vanguards and some Fallen Kingdom decks from somebody else I knew. And so I bought the reinforcements for that too. And then the last thing to fill out that order was War of the Ring. So I had seen that at a game store once uh, in another city and looked at it and admired it and then finally decided I needed to get it and have all those miniatures and that huge map. Oh, but you didn't hold out for the giant, super crazy collector's edition? I did not get collector's edition, just the standard second edition version. You didn't have to sell your kidney for that special collector's edition? (laughs) Couldn't do that. (laughs) Both kidneys intact. Yes. So what were you, why did you decide to get those particular games? Well, I had, um, like I said, picked up a few games here and there, played them. Um, I'd heard of Summon Wars somewhere. I can't remember exactly where, but I, I watched uh, Rodney Smith on Watch It Played uh, play Summon Wars, and that kind of pushed me over the edge. I decided to pick up the two starter packs, played them a while, 
and then I decided I wanted to get the nice board and so the paper board and I wanted to get some more faction so probably Summer Wars was the driving force behind that getting that master set and then that War of the Ring I had had my eye on that for a while too so okay now whenever I first proposed this topic to you you were a little worried that your purchase wasn't very exciting. Yeah, when I first looked at my online records, the first thing I could find was just those two starter sets. And, you know, that was, I didn't know if that counted as a big purchase or not. It was, you know, 40 bucks or something. Oh, no, no. If you don't hit the $100 free shipping mark, it doesn't count. So that's why I looked at the next one, which was actually a couple months later. So I bought I bought that one, and maybe two or three months later, I went ahead and bought a bunch of other Summoner War stuff. So pushed me up to the 100 Okay. So what are, you, what are your impressions of the game still to this day? Summoner Wars is a game that I really like. I really admire it. I love the simplicity of it. I love, you know, the variety and all the different packs. It's a game that I feel like I've underexplored. I feel like I've purchased a lot of it and haven't played it as much as I should have. But it's a game that, you know, I played with my kids for a while. I mean, we even set up, you know, round-robin tournaments and stuff at one time and played a bunch. So, I mean, I feel like I've gotten my money out of it, but... I still feel like there's a lot left that I need to explore. Well, now that I have some Summoner War cards, I am prepared to lose to you, okay? So whenever you want to beat me down, just let me know. And, th- and that's one thing I'm excited about because, you know, I pre-ordered the uh, Summoner's factions or Alliance's factions, um, the next Master Set coming out. I'm very excited to get that here probably in the next month or so, I hope. We'll, we'll cross our fingers about yep. that. Now, the War of the Rings... What is your impression of the game now, though? It's a cool game. You just just set that game up, and it just dominates the table. I mean, and I've got a pretty big table, and it still kind of dominates the table. And you set up all those miniatures, and, it, you know, I really love how that game has the military aspects. You can, you know, see on the board the areas that are getting overrun. But it also has that movement that, you know, the questing, of um, Frodo as he's trying to make his way through and, you know, different events that can happen and, you know, some of the Fellowship can fall in and out of the Fellowship and, you know, maybe perhaps sacrifice themselves for Frodo. So, and on the other side, being, you know, being on the dark side, you really have to decide how you're going to spend your your resources. Are you going to go for a quick military victory? Are you going to put a lot of effort into hunting down Frodo in the ring. Between the Summoner Wars and War of the Rings, which one comes out on top for you now? I'd probably still have to say Summoner Wars just because it's so much more approachable. It just takes, I mean, you can set up Summoner Wars in 10 minutes or less. I I mean, it takes a while to set up um, War of the Ring, and I've only played it probably four or five times, so I don't think I've gotten my money out of that one. And the last time we set it up, I played against my two boys. They were playing uh, on the... uh, the good side, and I made just a really boneheaded move militarily and probably lost in about 15 minutes, and that's no joke. And I, I mean, it took 30 minutes to set up and lost in about 15 minutes. And what a rotten sore on you, are <laughs> <laughs> Clint, have you, have you played Summoner Wars? I have played Summoner Wars. I love Summoner Wars. I think it's a great... Uh, I think it's a great game. Like I said, I think it's just beautifully simple. It's simple... But yet there are some really interesting decisions to be made. So, like I said, I really love it. Yeah. How about War of the Ring? Have you played that one? I have not played uh, War of the Ring. I have not either. So, you need to bust it out and show us what we're, what we're missing out on here. I didn't even know you owned that game. Surprise! Uh, <laughs> Clint, how about you? 
Well, that's a good question. I thought it was just it was fascinating when you, uh, Sean, when you threw it out to us. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh man, I don't, I don't remember what my first big board game order was. And like I said, I was joking with Sean and Jonathan at. I don't know if I really want to put this out on video because my wife might catch me. Um, <laughs> but, uh, no, it was interesting, though, because I followed and I had, like, a time time trail. It was uh, about five years ago on my birthday. I sent a uh, an email to my lo- friendly local game store. I had played other collectible card games, and so he knew me. And I just really wanted to get into these board games. And so, I, of course, I found my way onto uh, BGG. And so I gave him a list of almost every single, like, the number one games so i already had had dominion i asked for dominion i asked for power grid i asked for puerto rico but i really cracked we cracked out uh dominion right away and just loved it and then after that i started noticing my my list and it was like month after month i was placing in orders with my friends as quick as i could but you know the first my first big game order i ordered off of off of bgg their online their their website there was a there's a reseller on there and my first order was cleopatra and the society of architects dominion intrigue for sale and kingsburg Oh, and Race for the Galaxy. Oh, you got to throw in Race. I, I, I had a thing. So I think Race was the, oh, got to get to 100. <laughs> and I wanted to plug it in there. But looking back, I still own most of these games. I love, I really love them. Some of the games, like Cleopatra and Society of Architects, I still think it's a great game. Great for just kind of starting out. It's a good gateway game. But it uh, hasn't got to the table in a couple years. I got a lot of games, and so it kind of stuck to the back. But it's still a really cool one. There's still there's that one me- corruption mechanic that still is amazing. I still have had many a time where there we just have people yelling at the end, like, I can't believe it. I thought I had enough. I didn't, didn't think I had too much. So I love that. Dominion Intrigue is kind of building on Dominion. I wanted more Dominion. Dominion was a huge hit with my family, so it kind of fueled getting wanting to get more and getting more diversity. Yeah, and with Dominion Intrigue, a lot of people feel like that that's a better base game than Dominion itself. Do you agree with that, or do you have a different perspective? I I don't know. I like I said, I at that point I was kind of a lover, not a fighter, uh-huh. and so there were some really great cards and intrigue that really kind of pumped the game up and i thought like you said gave it that variety but a lot of the intrigue stuff was mess with your neighbor and Mm -hmm. uh, at that point my family was not they liked dominion because there wasn't a lot of interaction in dominion i've kind of my my opinion has changed so i quite like it if i had to go back i might go with intrigue over the original base set but at that point i was we were kind of interaction averse yeah so it was kind of a, it was kind of tricky. The other ones that I, like I said, For Sale is still one of my favorite card games of all time. It is just an elegant game. I break it out all the time. I bring it almost every game night. I always bring it because it's just one of those ones that never gets old for me. So, and then Kingsburg, which is still one of my favorite games. That dice allocation me- mechanic. It was really the forebear to some of the big, the big dice placement games that have come after it. Mm-hmm. I still think, like I said, it's, uh, it's still fun to bring out, and I really, just, like I said, I love it. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. I had that for a while. So, yeah. Have any of your impressions of those games changed? Oh, I don't know. I, Race for the Galaxy was one. Uh, I didn't mention that one. That, that one is one that I really like. 
but it was just a little too complicated for the people that I brought it out with mm-hmm. um, when I moved away from my my best friend who really loved the game. It just kind of fell out of favor. It's like my wife looked at it and was just like, I feel like I need an advanced degree to understand what's going on <laughs> with those cards. And it just kind of, like I said, it fell out of favor. But I, like I said, I, all those games are great. I don't feel like I bought a dud. So I still, like I said, I still look very fondly on those. So Great. My purchase has a... I look back on it now, and I can see a story unfold in what I was doing when I was ordering things. Looking back here, uh, I used to order from a website called ThoughtHammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were in Texas. I don't know how I discovered them in particular, but I I had ordered Lost Cities and stuff like that from them, and just they were great, so I kept work, working with them. So I was looking to kind of expand my arsenal of board games. I didn't really have a lot of thematic games. So I went and I got Arkham Horror. <laughs> I was not prepared for what I did. Your sanity went down. It did. It did. When I opened that box when I first got Arkham Horror, and I was like, oh, dear God, what have I done? I was drowning in little bits. Mm-hmm. But it was, it, was, it was probably one of my favorite unboxings just because my mind was blown by how many little bits and pieces were in that box. Mm-hmm. And, and the art, the... I had never been really into Lovecraftian, you know, stories and whatnot, but when I just kind of discovered them through through board games, I was like, wow, that's, I love that time period. This is really different. So I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in, but I'm like, okay, if I'm going to get this big thematic game, I need to compensate, okay? So I started looking online, trying to find other games that I could get to convince my wife why this was a good idea for me to buy all these games, Okay. <laughs> So I went online, and I found this really colorful game. had fish and little shrimp pieces, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It was Reef Encounter. Oh. (laughs) Another bad call on my part. It is colorful. It's got a very unique theme. The problem was is that it's a brain burner. My wife hates this game. She likes Arkham Horror so much more than Reef Encounter. There are two games I own that she hates. One of them is Reef Encounter. The other one is 1960. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got Reef Encounter thinking this is going to be a great thing, but I wasn't 100% certain. So I'm like, okay, I got to up the ante here. Since my wife loves Carcassonne, I also bought three different expansions for Carcassonne. <laughs> I got the Traders and Builders expansion, Good one. the Inns and Cathedrals, which, in my opinion, I think those two, Are the best. they make the game. Yep. I really do. I think if you play with those two expansions, solid. We went way overboard and have way too many expansions now. We don't have the Dexterity Catapult ones, and we don't have the, the Tower or the Dragon and Princess one. But so, And I also got the River 2, because yeah. our version of Carcassonne came with the river, and my wife insists on playing with the river every single time. So, okay, let's get the other river. And then I picked up Ingenious. Have Have either of you played Ingenious? I haven't. I really, I've been looking for that game. Have you been able to find it? I have not been able to find the the, the nice one where it's like, I think it was Fantasy Flight, mm-hmm. the nice tiles. I keep always finding the junior one, the smaller version. Oh, sure, yeah. So. No, I like this one a lot. It's a nice little abstract game. The tiles are nice and... Yeah. I like that the scoring mechanism is really interesting. That your lowest, you have to score different colored tracks. Whichever one's lowest is ends up being your score. So you have to make sure you're diversifying and getting mm-hmm. 
uh, not just emphasizing one particular color. So it's really good. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of abstract games, but that one's held up. And then the final game that I got to round out the purchase was Unspeakable Words, Call of Cthulhu word game. Oh, wow, you went Cthulhu all the way. I I thought, I thought, hey, if I'm going to go into Cthulhu, with, she likes word games, let's try to sell the Cthulhu theme through. And she does like it. She does like unspeakable words. I was actually kind of glad that I got that it, because uh, whenever Tabletop did their video of unspeakable words, it sold out really quickly. And I have the first edition of that with a little green uh, Cthulhu markers. So it's a lot of fun. The thing is, I mean, are the Carcassonne games, those have been... A central piece of we made a good call getting those expansions. Arkham Horror. I still think that's a good game, but my gosh, we were not prepared for that game when we first for first got it. It our first game seriously took us probably six hours because we were constantly trying to look up rules and trying to figure out what in the world we were doing. We were not ready for it. I think the game that has surpassed that for me is Elder Tor. Now some people are div- divisive on this, but I think Elder Tor is a better game for me. Uh, one does not simply crack open the box of Arkham Horror and just play the game. <laughs> that thing, that game is that game. You need an advanced degree to understand that game. Yeah, but that's why I like Eldritch because I think it streamlines a lot of things. It takes everything I love about Arkham Horror, but it makes it a much streamlined game for me. Yeah, I would agree. I've only played Arkham once, but played Eldritch three or four times, and. Really enjoyed it, really thought it was more streamlined, um, easier to get into, and thought it was, you know, maybe not a better game, but it's it's a good experience for sure. Yeah. I think the true testament is that I have Arkham Horror, and I never bought a single expansion for it. And there's a lot out there. But I really saw no need to go out and buy an expansion. And I was on the fence about getting Eldritch, but I got to play it for a second time, and I was sold, so I ended up getting it. And I've bought both expansions for it so far. So that one is definitely the winner. But again, I don't think I can get rid of Arkham. I don't know why I'm still just attached to it. Because it was the central centerpiece of my first big online purchase. I don't know. Again, I still think I, I, I like most of the games I got. Have you played uh, Reef Encounter? I have not. Uh, and I haven't either. I've seen it before and thought it looked cool from the box, but haven't had a chance to play it. I'll have to bust it out because it's the only chance I'm going to have to play it. <laughs> I think we should. But overall, yeah, looking back, I can definitely see my thought process of what I was trying to accomplish. I don't know if I succeeded. I don't know if all those Carcassonne expansions tip things in my favor, but I don't know. With the six-hour Arkham Horror game and the fiasco that is Reef Encounter, it's a good game, but it's it makes you think a lot. So, <laughs> well, you learn really quickly. Like I said, I, I a lot of my games were in the medium weight because the games that I had bought before, uh, I bought Puerto Rico and Power Grid, and those were above my weight scale at that point. And so I looked at them. I was just like, I heard they were really fun, but they were just so they were so heavy for mm-hmm. me at that point and so uh i played dominion and it just went over huge so i was just looking for that weight that kind of weight and so yeah i think we all buy uh i think we've all bought a couple games ahead over our weight limit uh you know that are more heavier and complex and kind of figured out whoa i was was over my head you know on those i think we all have to we all do that at least once yeah but the, uh, one thing that I've always enjoyed about board games is not just the, when I first get to open the box and I get, again, with the Arkham Horror, getting to see the components you get. 
I don't know. I Maybe I'm just a component junkie, but I like punching those little things out and I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to store those things. When I got into Plano boxes, oh gosh, I need to buy stock in that company. I was about to say, don't you have a special account set up with Plano? I do. I do. They, they know whenever I buy a game online that it's automatically shipped me a box that's custom fit for it. So I've even had to request additional inserts. To have because the problem with Plano boxes, I don't know. Do either of you use Plano boxes to store any of your games? Use a few, yeah. Okay. The problem is that they have lots of those little the notches to put the dividers in, but they don't give you enough dividers to maximize the number of slots they have. So the nice thing is, if you actually contact Plano, as long as you don't abuse it, they'll actually send you additional inserts without any nice. charge. So nice. So a little fun fact for everyone out there. Any other f- closing thoughts when you're thinking about board game purchases then and now? Thinking when Clint was talking about kind of getting uh, out of your range, before I made that big order, bought a few games here and there, and my daughter bought me Puerto Rico because I'd heard about it online. And I just thought the idea of, you know, building your own little island and kind of, you know, building that up just sounded really cool. First time I tried to play it, I just could not grasp what was going on here. It was over my, my, my limit at that point, and... I just, I just couldn't understand, you know, the whole idea of the role selection and everything. And I just didn't, I didn't really see the point. I was really kind of flabbergasted at first and kind of put it away for a couple months before I was ready to get it back out again and, and really enjoy it. And since then, it's a game I don't play very often, but it is one of my favorites. I mean, it's one of those games where I would have a hard time getting rid of it. Even though it doesn't get played as much, it's kind of a sentimental favorite. I agree. I, I feel the same way. I thought that, you know, when Sean came up with that question, I was just like, oh, yeah, I can't even remember that. But going back was almost like opening up a time capsule. Mm-hmm. Five years ago, time capsule, and it's like, it's interesting to see how far I've I've come and how many other games I've bought, sadly. But uh, yeah. I uh, it's nice to know kind of where you started out. And, you know, you look at that game, I didn't know that, Cleopatra was like one of the first games I ever bought. It's always mm-hmm. been there, and I've always looked at it and said, "Oh yeah, I like this game." It was like I said, I, it's it's interesting now that I, I look back and I remember fondly, like I said, the first games I bought from my friend local game store. But looking at the online order, it was just like that was it was uh, it taught me a little bit about like myself as a gamer, and I thought it was it was a good cool insight. Yeah, my my order was back in two thousand eight, I think. So it's been it's been a while. But I think that was around the time where I kind of said time and time again, when I first put in that order, at, that was the beginning of the end, unfortunately. So, mm-hmm. and I'm going to admit something. I don't think I like Puerto Rico that much. Oh, oh. wow. I don't know. Perhaps it's because it... It didn't really, I don't think it works that well with two players. No, and when I no. first got started, I was no. looking for games that worked with two players. So instead of buying Puerto Rico to begin with, I actually got San Juan. Okay. Which is a fabulous game. I don't own it, but I do love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and we really enjoyed that a lot with two players. We, although we quickly learned to take out the library card in San Juan because that thing, Ooh, it's killer if you can get some good things working with that. So in a two-player game, we just take those out. I, I like the library a lot. It's a really cool card. But it, if you can get those, it's a runaway game sometimes in a two-player game. But I think we enjoyed the role selection. I like that aspect of Puerto Rico. 
I don't know what it is about it. I guess maybe because it was at the top of the board game rankings for so long, and when I got to play it, I'm like, oh, I'm missing something. I, I, I kind of agree. I, I would say I own the game. It's not the best game in my collection. I understand that, but I, the reason why I still have it around is I still have fun playing it. I have the problem because there is a, there is like a... You know, you're very dependent on what your, the other people do and that type of thing. And so I have a hard time, like, breaking it out with a lot of other people because you know, like, certain moves that you want to do. So, I mean, it, it definitely has its its flaws, but it really is the granddaddy of most of – it was the foundation for a lot of the games that we know and love today. And I kind of, I kind of feel like I want to – have the original, you know, the original heavyweight kind of uh, thinky Euro game that kind of really started it all. Yeah, so. and I, I definitely know it's a good game. I, maybe I just haven't been able to get enough plays in to really be able to appreciate it completely. But I know you, you enjoy it. I more. love it. I haven't played it enough to really master the strategies. I know there's, you know, certain set strategies that are really good and effective, but... And so I don't normally do very well when I play it, but I do enjoy playing it. Yeah. It's one of my favorites. And the only reason I honestly own the game is because I got it during the Barnes Noble hack and slash sale where it was like dirt cheap. So mm-hmm. although I have bought quite a few games through Barnes Noble red dot sales and I'm like, there's one in particular, I think it, uh, Days of Steam, I've still not played that game. <laughs> it's one of the few games I own I still have not played. Oh, but wow. I, think, I was thinking trains. I love trains. Jacqueline likes tile laying. This will be great. Uh, Never played it. Never played it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. All right. So what I thought we could do is try out some different segments on the show. So for this one, I'm going to call it The Punch List. I'm going to present you with some characteristic of a board game, whether it be theme or mechanic or some other factor. And I want you to tell me what game you think is punch-worthy that meets the criteria set. It may not be the best game, but the game that's your favorite. So I want you to think about what is your favorite space game. Oh no. Yeah, in honor of Tiny Epic Galaxies, I will let you guys ponder this. For a minute, because I'm just trying to dump this on you. Okay. So I will go first. This is a game that's unfortunately out of print. Okay. Ooh. I know. <laughs> I, I, I when I saw the announcement today that Cosmos was releasing some of their older two-player games, I was like, oh great, maybe they're going to put out this one, but they didn't. It is Starship Catan. Oh. Again, we liked Settlers of Catan. Um, doesn't play with two players. We did a, the the designer put out a two player variant uh, where you're using some kind of trading or tokens whatnot. You can kind of force a trade of some sort. It's an, I mean it works okay, but it changes the game too much. So we wanted to kind of capture that feel. I really wanted to get Starship Catan, but again, it was wouldn't really work with two people that well. I don't believe. I have not actually played it. It's on my list to to try. But uh, Starship Catan was the 
the first space game that I got, and it's still one of my favorites. We don't get to play that often, but the idea of managing your own ship, and then the decks where you're having to go out and you're having to explore. So a little bit of the uh, exploring the decks, trying to find those plants you're looking for, trying to get the goods you're needing. So it's got the kind of the management of your own boards while you're still doing a little bit of space exploration. So I think that was something that was kind of unique to that particular game. And I love that it's only a two-player game, but because of that, I don't get to bust it out that often. Have either of you played Starship Catan? I haven't, but I've seen those little rocket ships. Yeah. Those are like one of the coolest components I've ever seen. Are you talking about the, the actual, uh, the tall one? That's from uh, Starship Catan. Okay. See, I totally messed that up. Oh, sorry. Um, Starfare. I'm, I'm completely watching up the, t- the names. Starfares of Catan. Okay. That's the one with the the golden spaceships that had a problem with breaking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's everybody says they had a problem with breaking because everybody else was really jealous because they looked really cool. Yeah. I so the game out a little while ago and I was just like, oh my gosh, I want those. Yeah. So my apologies for getting the, the title wrong of when I was talking about them. So I'm talking about Starship Catan, the two player game. And then there's Starfares of Catan, which has those big gold, very fragile uh, <laughs> spaceships. Yeah. We don't want that. I want them to reprint that, though. I want them desperately to reprint that game because I want to play it. Mm-hmm. But it's impossible to find. I keep an eye out on board game auctions, seeing if I can find something, but I'm not willing to pay that much for it. But yeah. but Starship Catan, nice, solid two-player game. Cosmos, you should reprint that game. I haven't had a chance to play it. Get on it. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. honorable mentions? Honorable mentions. Or do you want everybody to go I, I don't want I don't want to do honorable mentions because I don't want to steal anybody else's thunder here. So okay. 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 Go for it, Jonathan. Uh space themed games. Wow, this is hard for me. I don't feel like I've played enough of them. Probably the first thing that came to my mind was Race for the Galaxy. I don't know if you really want to consider that a space theme, but it is. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. Uh just one that I recently purchased that and had played it a few times before with friends. And enjoyed it and decided, you know, it was kind of one of those, saw it for a good price, put it on the order, pushed me over. And so played it a few times. My oldest son, unfortunately, Noah, kills me every time we play. So it's just, I mean, it's it's kind of pointless. He always somehow seems to get some sort of production system going and just and just kills me with it. But uh, Star Realms would probably be my other one just because it's so quick and fast. Played played a decent amount of that, and then played it somewhat on the uh, phone and stuff too, of course. So, is there something about those games that appeals to you in particular? I like the whole combo aspect. I'm uh, I'm a twice recovering Magic the Gathering player. <laughs> twice, wow! Hi, uh, Jonathan. <laughs> um, yes, uh, that is my shame. Well, I'll put out full disclosure. I got into Yu-Gi-Oh at one point. Uh, hero clicks here. Okay, great. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Okay. <laughs> got that half our system. That feels better. That feels so much better. So, I mean, for me, um, you know, one of my first gaming experiences was getting heavily into magic and then getting out of magic and then eventually getting back into magic and getting out of magic a second time. So I do like the whole combo thing. I, I always like card games. I'm just a fan of card games. So that's that's probably why those two appeal to me. Nice. Um, I'm a sucker for space. Uh, space is one of those uh, is one of those things that uh, that I'm always fascinated with, and uh, usually, like I said, my eyes always I, I perk up a little bit when I hear about space. But 
I have a I have about three or four that I just I, I just love. But uh, if I had to pick one, I love Eclipse, and I know it's not it is a it is not a popular pick right now. Everybody thinks that it's uh, it's overhyped and stuff like that. But that game still is one of my favorite games, and it just has that feel of. You're all different, like alien races. You have special powers, and then it's you know you got a little combat in there when you get to build your own ships. It really gives me that feeling of um, being able to like build a civilization and uh, going out and exploring new galaxies and using those galaxies to get more resources. It's a game that plays really well with like six players. It runs a little long, but it's still one of those games that no matter if anybody else mentions, hey, do you want to play this game? I'll play it. I just, I, I love it. Um, it's one of my favorites. And uh, I, just, I just think and none of you guys have played. No. How long does that game run? Um, about a half an hour player. So, oh, going with the whole just, Agricola rules there. Okay. Yes, it is. Though I do have to say it is pretty good. It is pretty good at sticking to a half an hour. Um, that is one of my my games. I have a friend that's borrowing it right now, but that is one of the first games that when I get it back, we are we have to break that game out. It's I'm excited. Okay, so. but you also are the proud owner. Is it Zaya's? What is that? How did you say the game name? It is Zaya. Okay, Legends of a Drift System. That was uh, that was Chris. That was Christmas present for me this uh, this year. And so, like I said, I think tying it all back to to it is. The thing I love about space is the uh, exploring the unknown. Mm-hmm. Um, almost every single game that I can think of, my honorable mentions were um, Merchant of Venus. Mm-hmm. I love Merchant of Venus, and I love uh, Galaxy Trucker. And no, you stole my. Oh, no, no, it's all good. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, oh, I was worried, but I, but it just it, primarily in uh, Merchant of Venus. It's it's that idea of going out there, and I just don't know what's what's out there. Just that exploring, and just going out there, and and just having fun. And mm-hmm. so, like I said, with Zaya, it was just a logical choice. I I, uh, I love those type of games that you just go out there and you explore. You don't know what's gonna happen, mm-hmm. and uh, you make something out of it. And I, I I just I just love it. It's one of my favorite themes. Yeah, Zaya looks ridiculous. It's it on looks the list. it it looks r- ridiculous. <laughs> I look forward to trying it. Okay. I will get blown up multiple times, but I'm ready for it. We so I'll do it together. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Galaxy Trucker. Go for it. Jonathan. You yeah. don't like John you don't like played it. Played it once, maybe? <laughs> yeah, you played it once. <laughs> it was alright. Oh, yeah. the pained expression on your face right now. It was alright. What did you not like about Galaxy Trucker? I don't know. It was a little bit chaotic. That's the point. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you pretty much go in there to see if your ship's you go. gonna make it or not. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah, it's you gotta admit, whenever you are you got your ship and you're like, Oh, this is solid, then that one meteorite hits that one spot that's the weak point and half your ship falls off. It sucks. But it is ap- it is it's you gotta admit that's kinda funny. It is funny. I just never quite felt like my ship was solid anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I love building the ship. The timed element of kind of pushing it. I've been playing a lot of Galaxy Trucker on my iPhone. Mm-hmm. I I was very happy when they finally put it out on the iPhone. They had it on the iPad, but they were able to get it to work on a smaller screen and the big thumbs up. 
And I think that was the player's choice this year for best iOS game. I think so. It was, it was up there. Yeah. And they have a nice campaign mode in that. Do they? It makes it, it has a little bit of a, a little silly story with it, but it, it, the nice thing about Galaxy Trucker also, um, if you don't actually own the game, is how the rule book is written. Because it's pretty pretty much written as if you are their newest employee to be a galaxy trucker, and it is it is a hoot just to read, because it definitely brings in that whole feel of oh this is completely legit nothing to worry about. If you run into pirates, oh no you won't run into pirates at all. It'll be all good. So it, it's it's really funny. It's a, it's probably one of the most entertaining rule books that I've read. First time I've laughed reading a rule book. <laughs> First time. And I love a game that kind of kind of bring you into that experience because it kind of makes it part of that narrative that they're trying to sell to you. So, and kind of going to what Jonathan said is that you know you always have to watch that. I, the that game has either been either a home run, or it's just it just keeps kind of falling flat. And that is is it's all about the expectation. Yeah, I always whenever I pitch that game is is that you know. You, you that game is almost more fun when your ship blows up than if you make it pristine through the whole entire mission. I I feel like the people who are like look at their ship and they're like I just hope nothing happens to my little ship. <laughs> Those people struggle when like I said there are asteroids that are going to take off chunks of your ship. It's supposed to happen and I just love that game. I still have it as proudly on my shelf. I I, I love getting that one out. It doesn't get to the table as much cuz it is a little heavier, I think, when it comes to, you know, actually doing it well. Sure. Do you, but, I mean, the, the follow-up, after you build your ship and you're actually doing the trucking part, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's that complex. I don't think so either. I, I think it's the, um, my wife struggles with that. She doesn't like when she feels like she's under pressure mm-hmm. uh, to do something. She likes to take her time, but I really love it, so. All right, so I think we're coming to the end of our very first podcast. So since this is uh, our first time, I want to get some thoughts on what your experience has have been doing a podcast. We've talked about this for a couple months. We've had the ideas brewing. What has it been like to sit at a table talking into a single bidirectional microphone? I like to sit close to Jonathan. It's cozy. <laughs> mm, yes. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. You can find us at punchedandplayed.com. We'll also have a YouTube channel that you can subscribe to, and you can also go on there to our website and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. And just remember, if you're going to punch them, make sure you play them.